Welcome back to Scored Sports Podcast. On those is Podcast Lane Frank. We're now episode 122. So we're 122 episodes through. And I got action-packed episode plan for you. We're gonna break down NBA playoffs into the Eastern and Western Conference semifinals now. We obviously had the NFL draft this weekend. So much going on in the MLB. Stay tuned for an awesome episode 122. Let's hop into it. Let's start out up from 122, how we always do with the headlines in the NBA. The Suns obviously won their series against the Los Angeles Clippers, but they're getting into some trouble right now against the Denver Nuggets. Denver Nuggets, Nicole Jokic obviously did not win MVP this year. Let me get that out of the way. Joel Embiid, 2023 MVP, well-deserved, but I think it means a little bit something more for Jokic. This is the first year in three years where he didn't win MVP, won back-to-back MVPs, couldn't win three in a row. The last player to not win three in a row after having back-to-back, was Giannis Antetokounmpo. He had back-to-back MVPs, and they didn't win it that third season. But that third season, he won something more valuable, an NBA championship. Can we see that from Nikola Jokic's season? That's something I'm looking forward to. I'd love to see a smaller market team like the Denver Nuggets win the championship. And this might just be one of the great series to do it, with LeBron in the playoffs, with Golden State in the playoffs, all these good teams in the playoffs. I think it might be a great year for Jokic and Nuggets to cement their legacy and win an NBA championship. But... That's besides the point. They're up 2-0 right now against Phoenix Suns heading into Phoenix. That's a great start for you right there. Obviously, Phoenix Suns embarrassed them a few years ago, going up 4-0 in that series to win it. This year, tables are turning a little bit. Can we see a 4-0 Nuggets sweep? We're just going to have to wait and see. Lakers are everybody. They took down the Memphis Grizzlies in six games, and that was awesome to see. Dylan Brooks gets shut up. They're going to send him to maybe China. We'll see how that goes. Dylan Brooks, I hope he's out of the NBA. I've always hated Dylan Brooks ever since he hit a game winner against Michigan in that 2016 game. So, I've always hated Dylan Brooks, and that's always going to be that way. Dylan Brooks, I just don't see him as a great player in the NBA. I think he's a good shooter. I don't see him much outside of that. I think he's a good college player. I don't see him as a good NBA player in any sort of way. I don't know where he fits in the NBA outside of the Memphis Grizzlies, and they're obviously going to dump him. But Lakers, that's a great win for you right there. Going up against the Golden State Warriors. Golden State Warriors win that series in seven games, being resilient after going down 2-0. I like it. Warriors, 3-0. They won that game. They win 4-3. That's a great series right there. Now you get the Los Angeles Lakers. That's going to be a fun series. Three versus six matchup. Lakers versus Warriors. I'm excited for it. Knicks, obviously they took down the Cleveland Cavaliers. It's a great win for them right there in five games. Knicks, whole offseason, everyone's saying, Devontae Dolphin Mitchell, get Dolphin Mitchell, get Dolphin Mitchell. Then he ends up going to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Seems like another iconic Knicks moment where they don't get that superstar and they're going to be tortured by a superstar for years to come. We'll turn around this time. Knicks torture Dolph Mitchell. You know, I think if Dolph Mitchell was still on this New York Knicks team, this would be title contenders. Not saying the Knicks aren't title contenders, but I think this should be maybe a top three team in the NBA if they had Dolph Mitchell. Knicks, though, going up against the Miami Heat right now after they took down the Milwaukee Bucks. That was the first 8-1 upset we've seen in almost years. We're not counting, obviously, hockey. The series that was Florida Panthers taking down. Maybe the best team ever, Boston Bruins. We'll talk about that later. But uh, Miami Heat taking down the Milwaukee Bucks. Bucks need a little bit of a refresh. We're going to talk about that later on the episode. Miami Heat, that's a great win for right there. Jimmy Butler, I know they had a lot of turmoil going on during the season. Now they get a massive win. Massive win for this franchise. Big for Jimmy Butler. Big for Kyle Lowry. Cementing their kind of superstar type of legacy saying, Jimmy Butler, oh, I'm not going to go out as an eight seed. I'm going to win a series. Let's see if they can do it. Against the New York Knicks, win another one. Head over to the Eastern Conference Finals for second straight season. They lost it last year to the Boston Celtics. Boston Celtics going down one game right now to the Philadelphia 76ers. And that's without 
NBA MVP Joel Embiid. So that's a little interesting right there. Sixers were kind of down out in that game, down 111 to 107 with about a minute left. And then they win that game by four. So a little bit of worry right here. If Boston Celtics, in my opinion, leave your thoughts on that in the comment section. That's about for the headlines in the NBA. NFL, we had a great weekend NFL draft. I'm going to talk about the picks I liked and the picks I didn't like in the top five. And then for Aaron Rodgers, we obviously saw him get traded over to the New York Jets. Talked a little about a little bit in the mock draft special last week. Go watch that, episode 121, mock draft special. Wasn't the greatest mock draft we've had, but uh, it was an interesting NFL draft, and we're going to talk about that. But Aaron Rodgers, big deal in my opinion, going to the New York Jets, kind of following the footsteps of Brett Favre, and everybody likes to say that, and everybody's excited to see Jordan Love have a great career with the Packers, and then eventually go to the Jets. I'm just kidding, that would be interesting, though. Aaron Rodgers going over to the New York Jets immediately makes them Super Bowl contenders, in my opinion. You have Garrett Wilson, Brees Hall, Aaron Rodgers. That's all you need in offense. Really excited for that right there. Fifth-year options going around the NFL right now. We see Tuatonga Bello get his picked up, but we see other draft picks like Austin Jackson, Noah Behigane, Chase Young get their fifth-year options declined. So fifth-year options, kind of a big thing going on in the NFL right now. It can cause an impact. Say you decline fifth-year option for a quarterback, and then they go and have a great contract season, and then they leave you the next offseason. That can be an issue for you right there. So fifth-year options, big decisions, in my opinion, in the NFL. Let's move to MLB. We had an interesting week out in the diamond. Mets. Obviously, a little bit slumping right now. My favorite team, New York Mets, as most of you know, but a little bit slumping. Had that great series out in Oakland, had that great series out in LA, be without Max Scherzer because of the suspension. Then you have the horrible series against the Braves, don't close out that series well against the Giants, you lose that series to the Nationals. Now you're going up in Detroit. Pete Alonso is still the MLB home run leader. You probably didn't get Justin Verlander back. That's a big sign for you right there. You can get Max Scherzer back in that Detroit series. Two former Tigers pitchers, makes that I see right there. Jordan Walker, top prospect in MLB this year. Got to a great start, then got a little bit of a tiny slump in MLB. And the Cardinals are saying, hey, pack your bags, go back AAA. Then what happens? He hits five home runs at AAA and calm right back up. And they does the same thing in MLB. I don't know. I think you should just kept Jordan Walker up. You're not playing well anyways, St. Louis Cardinals. And we're going to talk about that. St. Louis Cardinals, not playing well, in my opinion. Jordan Walker was not that issue. I think this was just a flurry of emotions saying, oh, we're not playing well. Let's just send down the players who aren't playing well. And Jordan Walker is a part of that group. Jordan Walker got sent down AAA. Chicago White Sox, there's a lot of things going on there right now. You know, they have their manager getting ejected back-to-back nights. They have one of the worst records in MLB. I saw a thing the other day that said, the Field Dreams game, we thought that was the start of something new. Start of an amazing dynasty come for Chicago White Sox. Not the best things to ever be. That was the best things for ever going to be for the Chicago White Sox. And Tim Anderson hit that walk-off against the Yankees. And that was a great moment right there. Another team, Yankees slumping right now. Division rival, Tempe Race, still on top of that. MLB standings, best record in the MLB, best record we've seen in years at this point in the season. I'm excited to see how the Rays finish out the season. Do they get to 110 wins? Leave your thoughts on that in the comments section. Let's close out the headlines a little bit. NHL playoffs, we see the Islanders go down Carolina Hurricanes. We see New York Rangers go down to the New Jersey Devils. We could have had a Rangers versus Islanders series if they both won their series. We don't get it, unfortunately. Colorado Avalanche, last year's NHL champions, they lose round one. Seattle Kraken in their second year of being a franchise. And then the biggest news all in the NHL, Boston Bruins losing in seven games to the Florida Panthers. I saw a comparison to it. It's like if the 73-9 Warriors blew a 3-1 lead to the Anthony Davis Pelicans in 2017. That wasn't going to happen, and it did ha- happen for, obviously, Boston Bruins. That didn't happen for the Warriors. It happened for the Boston Bruins. I think that was a perfect comparison for it. Boston Bruins, best regular season NHL team we've ever seen, and they failed. Still more to come. Score Sports Lane, Frank Epstein, 1-22. Now, the Take of the Week. This week's Take of the Week kind of correlating to that last time we just talked about with the Boston Bruins in the NHL. I put it out on the Squirt Sports Instagram. 
Go follow that at Squared Sports for awesome sports news content and updates. But I said that the best regular season teams in all sports, college football, college basketball, NBA, NFL, MLB, they don't always win championships. It seems like more likely than not, they're not going to win championship because Boston Bruins, this team, best regular season team we've ever seen in the NHL, and they couldn't even win out of the first round. Golden State Warriors, that team was 73-9, and yes, they finished second place, but if you finish 73-9, best record of all time in the NBA, you should be a lock to win the championship. They didn't. Best team in college basketball this year, regular season, they couldn't win the championship. That was probably Alabama. They ended up losing the Sweet 16, and we have a four-seeded UConn winning that championship. Let's take it 2021 college football season. You have a few unbeatens, and then you have Georgia winning it at 14-1. Not the best-ranked team. They go into the playoff at number two. So it's almost every sport now where we see these record-breaking regular season teams not winning a championship, and then you want to know why? Because it's not going to matter how you play in the regular season. You say the Phoenix Suns last year, they're putting up crazy numbers in February against Orlando Magic, getting all their stars not injured, but worn down by putting up 50 extra points against Orlando Magic. Who cares if you win that game by 10 points? What cares more about if you can win those games in the playoffs, which they couldn't do in a seven-game series against the Dallas Mavericks. That's why they lost that series. I think they're a little bit worn down from that whole season. We see this this year, with the Boston Bruins, you blow a 3-1 lead. So it's not how you finish in the regular season, in my opinion. I don't care if you win 60 games in the regular season. I think it matters more how you finish, how you win your games in the playoffs. It's always the same thing for everything. It's not how you start. It's how you finish. Couldn't see out the Boston Bruins. Couldn't see it with the 73-9 Warriors. Couldn't see it with a lot of other sports teams. That's why I take the week this week. Leave your thoughts and comments. Now, top five. This week's top five is the top five moves from this year's NFL draft that I loved and I hated. So all kind of combined in one. I've got about three picks on here that I loved and two picks on here that I hated. So the moves from the NFL draft that I loved and I hated. Let's hop into it. Number five, I love the way the Philadelphia Eagles approached this year's NFL draft. They didn't get Bijan Robinson. They didn't pick. They traded for DeAndre Swift, also a Georgia Bulldog. They got Keely Ringo. Georgia Bulldog, I think he can be a pro bowler in his NFL crew. I was stunned to see him on the board day three. Keely Ringo, as you know, infamous pick six to win the national championship in 2022. Jalen Carter, best player in the series NFL draft, falls to the second best team in the NFL. Those are great moves. Nolan Smith, I love the way the Eagles approach the series NFL draft. They're number five. Number four, I hated the way the Bears approach the series NFL draft. Okay, you made a good trade. You trade down from pick one to pick nine a few months ago. That's all good. You were probably going to take Jalen Carter at that pick number one, if not Will Anderson, but it was probably going to be Jalen Carter at that pick number one. You had a pick nine, and Jalen Carter was still sitting for you there. You could have had the biggest steal of the century. You could have walked away with that many first-round picks and Jalen Carter, the guy you were going to take at number one originally, and not get any of those picks from the Panthers. And you traded that pick to the Philadelphia Eagles. You wanted to trade that pick to a conference rival, to a team that is going to be a dynasty for years to come, and I know you want to be a dynasty, Chicago Bears. You're going to have to go through them. You're going to have to go through Jalen Carter for the next 10 to 15 years now. I hate that move. I despise it. You could have had Jalen Carter with that number nine pick. After all these months of the trade down, when you could have had him at number one, and now you're sitting here at number nine, it's like the movie Draft Day. Oh, I'm so surprised this guy's still here at pick number nine. Let's take him. They didn't do that. Chicago Bears failed. Their city? Darnell Wright's a good player. You could have gone by pick number 27, and I don't doubt that. That's where I had him going. That's ridiculous. Darnell Wright is a good player. He's not a top 10 overall pick. Jalen Carter's top 10 overall pick. You would have gone away. Scott Free, absolutely amazing steal of the draft. Getting Jalen Carter at pick nine. 
That's my little rant right there. That's number four. I hate the way the Bears did that with Darnell Wright and Jalen Carter. I'm not hating on Darnell Wright. I'm hating on the Bears for not taking Jalen Carter at that pick number nine, trading that pick over to the Philadelphia Eagles. I hate it. Number three, I loved the Quentin Johnson and Bijan Robinson moves. These are two teams, the Chargers and the Falcons, that need some more playmakers. Arthur Smith said, I was great in Tennessee because I had a great running back. Now I go over to Atlanta. I had a busted up Todd Gurley for about a month. Then he retires. I had Tyler Algier, who I gave a lot of carries to, but he wasn't so great. I need a playmaker. I'm going to go get Bijan Robinson, the best running back in the series draft class. Best running back I've ever evaluated, by personal opinion, outside of Saquon Barkley. So that's good for you right there. You get your playmaker. And the Chargers, there were too many Chargers games this year where I saw... They don't have a great tight end. They didn't address that issue this draft, but Quinn Johnson plays like a tight end at some points. He could be a Kelvin Benjamin for you. I love the way Quinn Johnson plays. He's a great playmaker. Can be the next Mike Williams or better. So that's a great wide receiver trio for you right there. And he can mix Josh Palmer in there. So you got Keen Allen, Josh Palmer, Mike Williams, and Quentin Johnson. That's great for you right there. I love the way those two teams approach their draft. Charters and Falcons, their first round picks. That's number three. Number two, I hated... The moves the Arizona Cardinals made in the first round. Yeah, pick number three. Just take Tyree Wilson with that number three overall pick. They didn't. They traded it over to the Houston Texans. Okay, you move down to pick number 11. Or, and then you move up to pick number six to draft two. To draft Paris Johnson Jr. when you could add the best player in the draft, Jalen Carter. But Paris Johnson Jr. is not the best offensive lineman in this draft class. And he was not worth a top six overall pick. You could have had him at pick number 11, in my opinion. You could have. I don't doubt that. Paris Johnson Jr., was not worth the top six overall pick. You could have got somebody better. You could have done so many better things in this year's NFL draft outside of drafting Paris Johnson Jr., trading up after trading down to get Paris Johnson Jr. at pick number six. This is just an arrogant, interesting move, in my opinion. Paris Johnson's a young player. I don't like that move at all. I don't think he was worth a top seven overall pick, top six overall pick. Arizona Cardinals did that. I hate that move. That's number two. And number one to round it out. I loved the Texans' moves. See, just strapped. It's an interesting move. You don't take Will Anderson, but hey, you want a franchise quarterback, you got your franchise quarterback, and then you trade up to get Will Anderson Jr. You still have a first-round pick for next year from a few other trades, so I love it right there. Houston Texans getting out of that Bill O'Brien type of era, moving into their new era with D'Amico Ryans, outside of David Culley, outside of Lovey Smith, getting Will Anderson Jr., getting C.J. Stroud, setting yourself up nicely for the future. Losing a first-round, a second-round pick for this year and next year is not going to burn you that much in the long run when you can have a perennial pro bowler in Will Anderson and a franchise quarterback in C.J. Stroud. I loved it. That's about for top five. Leave it down in the comments. Now, did you know, this week's Steve Noise, did you know Russell Wilson, the Denver Broncos quarterback, was drafted ahead of Aaron Judge, Chris Bryant, and Jacob DeGrom in the 2010 MLB draft? Let me say that again. Russell Wilson, your Denver Broncos quarterback, was drafted ahead of all-star, maybe the greatest talented pitcher of all time, Jacob DeGrom, NL MVP Chris Bryant, and AL MVP Aaron Judge. He was drafted ahead of those guys in the MLB draft. Russell Wilson was a baller back in his MLB days, but he got drafted above these guys to not even play a single at-bat in the MLB. Did you know that? Leave that in the comment section. That's bad for did you know this week. Let's do a little Milwaukee Bucks spotlight play. Milwaukee Bucks, obviously they got ran out of town in that first round series against the talented Miami Heat. And this is an example of the Miami Heat underperforming in the regular season just to hop in at that eight seed, losing in the play into the Atlanta Hawks. Because if they have that seven seed, they're definitely losing the Boston Celtics, in my opinion. But you got to go up against Milwaukee Bucks, maybe an easier matchup, in my opinion, because you can knock out Yasan Kumpo off the court and on the court, obviously gets injured. And then 
doesn't play so great on the court, only wins one game on the court after missing three games in that series. But Jimmy Butler turns into basically Jimmy Butler, plays great in that series, 56 points in one game. Jimmy Butler, best player in the NBA playoffs, you could say right now. But that's about the point. Nobody could guard him on that Milwaukee Bucks squad. Chris Middleton has always been a good shooter, not really a great defender in my opinion. Drew Holiday can't keep up with the six foot seven guard like Jimmy Butler. Kyle Lowry, great point guard, he can eliminate Drew Holiday on offense. Max Struess, great three point shooter, he can kind of eliminate Chris Middleton a little bit. So that's what happened right here with the Milwaukee Bucks. They need a little bit of a refresh in the year. More stars, in my opinion, compliment Yasan Antetokounmpo. Maybe you get a Jalen Brown. I don't think the Celtics ever do that, but never know. Maybe in 10 years, 5 years down the line, wait, you can look at a Luka Doncic. That's not the wildest comparison right there. Say he gets absolutely fed up with Dallas. He wants to go over to Milwaukee play with maybe the best player in the world, Giannis Antetokounmpo. I think another one you could throw in there, Damian Lillard, that could be a very good possibility. That could happen this offseason. Even Russell Westbrook. I mean, Russell Westbrook, Giannis Antetokounmpo, those are two of the most explosive players in the NBA. That could be a good duo. So, and they were just missing a little, little one piece right there. Got great role players, but not going to keep up when you go up against Jimmy Butler without Giannis Antetokounmpo. Need adjust without Giannis Antetokounmpo. It was a great regular season for the Milwaukee Bucks, but now you enter in that territory where if you don't, have a successful season next year. If you don't make the Eastern Conference Finals next year, there's some trouble. I don't think any of this is on Mike Budenholzer. Obviously, Mike Budenholzer, a great NBA championship winning head coach, but Milwaukee Bucks need a little bit of a refresh. In my opinion, that's about for the spotlight this week. Let's go around the bases in the MLB now. Around the bases, right now, we're one month for the MLB season. Welcome to May. Trevor May's month, you could say. Great month for MLB. One of the best times MLB all year, you could say. Really, MLB viewership is up so much. I like watching MLB in May because there's NBA playoffs going on, and then you can flip over to MLB games. That's interesting right there. So let's do hot takes one month through the MLB season around the bases. These are my MLB hot takes one month through the season. First one, Luis Arise is a force at the plate, and he could be the first player since Hank Aaron to bat 400. He doesn't seem to be slowing down. Now he bats 600 the first two weeks, then 500. Now he's back to 450. But Luis Arias, buying champion the AL last year, now he could win maybe MVP in the this year. Serious force, in my opinion, Luis Arias. Look out for him. He could be that first player to bat 400 since Hank Aaron. Leave your thoughts on that in the comment section. Fernando Tatis Jr. is showing that he's not a long-term thing for the San Diego Padres. He's replaceable, in my opinion. Say you come up to contract time. Well, we already have Xander Bogarts. We need to give Juan Soto a contract. We want a guy like Shohei Otani. What are we going to do with this $300 million guy contract Fernando Tatis Jr., when he goes one for five every game with maybe one home run every week. I don't know about that. Even not, not even every week. If he can hit 30 home runs this season, Fernando Tatis Jr., okay, you're going to be long-term. But say you want Shohei Otan. Say you want Juan Soto long-term. Say you want to keep Xander Bogarts, all these guys. I think Fernando Tatis Jr. is a little bit of that all man out. I would take Shohei Otan over Fernando Tatis Jr., $300 million contract any day of the week. So that's an interesting one right there. Fernando Tatis Jr. in San Diego. Not sure it's a long-term thing. Even though that contract... Don't let it fool you. I don't know if it's a long-term thing. Fernando Tatis Jr. AJ Preller certainly showed some frustration to Fernando Tatis last season with the suspension. Now this season, not playing so great up in San Diego. Next one. Pete Alonso is the MVP of the NL one month through the season. Playing great. MLB home run leader. Happens every season for Pete Alonso. Really hits the ball well in the hotter months, say April and May. And then slows down a little bit in the summer. But It'll be interesting to see how it goes the rest of the season with P. Alonso. Let's see how he does in the playoffs. If the Mets can make the playoffs for the second straight season. P. Alonso, forced to be reckoned with like Luis Arise. Those are the top two NL MVP candidates, in my opinion, so far. P. Alonso, top in the standings, though. Next one, Garrett Cole. 
looking like the MVP of the AL. Not just the Cy Young, the MVP. There isn't some heavy hitter going crazy in the AL right now. You could say Brent Rooker, but I don't know about that one. Aaron Judge not going to hit 62 home runs again this season. But Garrett Cole, looking like a force to be reckoned with, you could say, on that map. Striking out hitters, so many quality starts. 1.11 ERA, undefeated record. Garrett Cole, looking like an MVP. Not just a Cy Young, an MVP in that AL standings. Next one, and the last one. The Cardinals are still an elite squad, talent-wise, but they're not playing so great on the field. You only have 11 wins right now, I think. That's not a great record. You're below 500. Jordan Walker can be a good player for you in future years. You still have MLB MVP cans, Nolan Arenado, Paul Goldschmidt, obviously won NL MVP last year. Those are the top two finishers last year. You have great pitcher Jordan Hicks, Jack Flaherty, Giovanni Gallegos. This is just an interesting squad, in my opinion. Ryan Helsey, Oliver Marmel, manager. So, it's interesting. Cardinals, I thought they should have done a little bit better in the playoffs last year. They got knocked out by the NL champions, Philadelphia Phillies, in that wild card round. But, Cardinals, still a good squad. Still a lot of talent on this team. Look for them. Heat up in the next months, summer months. Look for them. Heat up in those months. Let's see how Jordan Walker can do when he gets called back up, because he will get called back up. Nolan Arenado, Paul Goldschmidt. Let's see how these guys just, like, WBC can be a little bit of blame for that. Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado both did. WBC, that could be a bit of the blame for that. That's about for around the base this week. And we'll be hot takes. Now, my GM hat, everybody. Let's hop into it. My GM hat this week, we're going to talk about the Memphis Grizzlies. Memphis Grizzlies obviously get knocked out round one against the Los Angeles Lakers after having a very successful playoffs last year, going six games with Golden State Warriors. So let's talk about John Morant. Chaos all season long. Jaron Jackson Jr. really this solid brick for this team. Winning defense player of the year. But what I see, people I'm talking with, what they see with the Memphis Grizzlies is that they don't have a true center. Steven Adams is a good center, but he doesn't really fit that whole mold. I think Kenny Lawson Jr. can fit that mold. He's got the size. He can shoot the ball. Jaron Jackson isn't a pure scorer at heart. He's a defender. That's why he won defense player of the year and can win defense player of the year again next year. So I think you just need more true defenders on the squad outside Jaron Jackson Jr. and more pure shooters on the squad outside John Morant. You can say he's only a scorer and they scores horribly in that game six against the Los Angeles Lakers, but then he goes off in that game four, even though they still lose that game, goes 21 straight, I think, in the fourth quarter. So John Morant can be a great scorer for you. He can be that rock with Jaron Jackson Jr. But you need to plug someone else in there. Desmond Bain's great, so you don't really need another three-point shooter. You're losing Dylan Brooks. I think Dylan Brooks would really take a step back this series if Luke Kennard was healthy. So bring Luke Kennard back next year. Max Drews is free agent. May you get Max Drews from the Miami Heat. So, a lot of things to be figured out Memphis Grizzlies right now. I think you would attack that solution, getting maybe more players than just outside of 3 and D. That's what Dylan Bridge said he was limited in Memphis. Just being a 3 and D type player. And Taylor Jenkins, definitely the right guy for this job. And then get some good things going. Maybe even look at Ben Simmons. Don't call me crazy. Ben Simmons still has some talent in him. Jalen Brown, I think that's out of the equation. Maybe Nikola Vucevic, he's a free agent this offseason. So, never know. Memphis Grizzlies, a lot of issues to be hashed out this offseason. Those are just my thoughts, my opinions, my GM hat this week. Now, this is that for this week. You know what this is that is? We pick two players from, it can be NFL, MLB, NBA, mash them up against each other. So, first one would be Jordan Love or Will Levis. Would I rather have Jordan Love or Will Levis if I was the Packers GM or something like that? We could have Jalen Brunson or Donovan Mitchell. That's what this or that is. Really just picking one player. We're going to mask it up between a few sports, MLB, NFL, and NBA. Let's hop into it. First one, like I said, Jordan Love or Will Levis. I'm going to take 
Jordan Love. But if I was the Packers, I'm sitting at that second round pick, maybe even first round pick, let's say, pick number 15, 13, and you say, Will Levis is still on the board. Do we go for a guy like Will Levis or we ride it out with Jordan Love who's been in our system for a few years? They're riding that with Jordan Love, but if they took Will Levis, that could have been a baller move. That could have been an interesting move. Maybe the next Aaron Rodgers. I think they should have explored that option a little bit more, in my opinion. They gave Jordan Love that one-year extension, but that could have been pretty cool. Will Levis out in Green Bay. I wouldn't have opposed that. I still think Jordan Love is talent. I'm excited to see what he does in his career in Green Bay. First full season starting, upcoming, but right now, I think I would have to say Will Levis in that matchup. Bryce Harper or Juan Soto? These two guys, kind of Juan Soto was the predecessor to Bryce Harper in Washington after Bryce Harper left. Juan Soto, I mean, kind of stuck up for that team, won them a World Series, stayed with them for a few years, and then heads over to San Diego. If I had to pick right now, one guy, let's say it's Game 7, World Series, I'm taking Juan Soto. I don't care about that Bryce Harper home run last year. I still think Juan Soto is still an amazing player. Can draw a walk, can draw a home run, can do whatever he wants, any at-bat. Been a bit of a slump since he came over to San Diego, but trust. I saw a video on the internet, 8U Dominican team, kind of praying for Juan Soto and San Diego Padres. Do well, you can look that up. But let's hope Juan Soto can do well this season with San Diego Padres. Get that OPS up a little bit. Get that average up a little bit. Right now, I'm thinking Juan Soto over. Bryce Harper, Joel Embiid, or Giannis Antetokounmpo? Joel Embiid got his first MVP. Giannis Antetokounmpo has two MVPs. Maybe Joel Embiid gets his first championship this year. Giannis Antetokounmpo already has one championship. So that becomes a real debate. I'm still going to take Giannis, but that can become a real debate. Who's the best player in the Eastern Conference, Joel Embiid or Giannis Antetokounmpo? Maybe even the best player in the world. Leave your thoughts on that in the comment section. Last one to round a doubt, or you brought it up earlier, Jalen Brunson or Dalvin Mitchell? Jalen Brunson, the big free agent they got this offseason, or Dalvin Mitchell, the big trade target they wanted this offseason. They could have had both. They only ended up with Jalen Brunson. But right now, I'm taking Dalvin Mitchell. Even though Jalen Brunson, great point guard, one of the best point guards in the NBA, I just think, as an impact-wise, Dalvin Mitchell's better. You can call me crazy. I don't care that Jalen Brunson won that series to New York Knicks. I'm a New York Knicks fan. Die hard. I still think Dalvin Mitchell is better. I still think New York Knicks are a top three team with Donovan Mitchell. You can debate me on it. You play them one-on-one. You can do them anything. I think in the long run, it might just be Donovan Mitchell. Jalen Brunson, great point guard, like I said. But I think skill-wise, talent-wise, I'm always going to take Donovan Mitchell in that matchup. Leave your thoughts on that in the comment section. That's power for this to that this week. Now, best of last at the buzzer. This week's at the buzzer are the Oakland Athletics, soon to be Las Vegas Athletics, the worst run franchise in sports all time. I think this is a true debate. Yes, they have a World Series, which a lot of other MLB franchises can't say, but are they the worst run MLB franchise right now? I saw a stat that Bryce Harper has hit a home run more recently than Oakland Athletics starter has won a game. They're 0-15. They're starters. Oakland Athletics starters are 0-15 on the season. Not one singular win by an Oakland Athletics starter. You go through their rotation, you're not going to see one win, not even one single digit that isn't zero in that win call. That's ridiculous in my opinion. Shintaro Funajami, they thought he would be great coming over from Japan. They moved him to the bullpen before one month of the season even ended. So Oakland Athletics, a lot of things to hash out. I don't know if it all just magically goes away when they move to Las Vegas. It's going to be a long road to Las Vegas. Athletics could be Oakland Athletics even after this because they're probably going to lose their stadium after this season or after next season. And then their stadium's not going to be built in Vegas until 2027. So you may have to go over to AAA Stadium in Las Vegas. That's where their affiliate is. Las Vegas Aviators and play there. If you have an MLB team playing a horrible AAA ballpark like the Las Vegas Aviaris ballpark, I don't know what's wrong with this franchise. Las Vegas Athletics, Oakland Athletics, whatever you want to call them, are they the worst run franchise in sports? Leave thoughts on that in the comment section. That's about for that. The buzzer this week.
Now, let's round it out. Question of the day. This is question of the day. Is, did Joel Embiid deserve that MVP win over Giannis Antetokounmpo or Nikola Jokic? Can be debated up there. Those are the three finalists. Giannis Antetokounmpo could have won his third MVP. Nikola Jokic could have won his third straight MVP. And now we have Joel Embiid winning MVP. So, Nikola Jokic said, I have no interest caring who wins NBA MVP this season because I think this season really feels like he's the title shot. And I really feel like this is Denver Nuggets' best shot at title this season. Are you up 2-0? on the Phoenix Suns, win two more games, win two more series, and you're NBA champions. So that's my thoughts right there. That's my question today. Did Joel Embiid deserve MVP this season over Nicole Jokic and Alessandro Kupo? Leave a thoughts on that in the comment section. That's my question today this week. That's my for Screw Sports Lane, Frank Epstein 122. Thank you for tuning in. Follow Screw Sports on Instagram at Screw Sports. Follow Screw Sports on Twitter at Screw Sports. Follow Screw Sports on TikTok at Screw Sports. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and view for the best. Sports content in the world. We'll be back next week, episode 123. Stay tuned.